What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's March 4, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 77. In this episode, I'll be talking about the fact that when you eat is pretty much just as important as what you're eating during the day. And in the second fitness topic for today, I'll talk about possible pre-workout meals if you're someone who likes to work out super early in the morning. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. I hope you're all having a good week. Man, the weather has been pretty good this week. A sign of a good summer, I hope. I can really tell that the sun is out for longer during the day. It's staying out longer nowadays. I usually have to drive around 5 or 6 in the afternoon, and the sun is actually still out at that time. I remember those drives used to be dark drives already, but we're getting closer to spring now, thankfully. I'm tired of the snow already, and I just want to soak in the sun and get in some vitamin D that we've definitely all been lacking during these winter months. I was listening to, I think it was a Food Medic podcast, and she had someone on there talking about vitamin D. And this was coming from a legit source who studied and actually did research on vitamin D. I think she did her thesis on it or something like that. So up to this point, we should all know that vitamin D, we get most of it from the sun, but there are now foods fortified with it these days because it's an ongoing problem during the winter. So during the summer, we go outside, we get our vitamin D from having our skin exposed to the sun, your body converts the sun's energy, and that's that. The thing is, during the winter, we might not get outside a lot because it's cold, we're bundled up, and a lack of vitamin D could contribute to that seasonal depression that, again, could happen in the winter. So, something I actually didn't know about vitamin D is that during winter, even if you were to go outside, expose your skin, and get some sunlight whenever it was the hottest or brightest out, Even if you were to do that during the winter, you actually won't get any vitamin D from the sun because it's just not strong enough for you to get a meaningful amount. So that's actually something I learned listening to that. I just figured you still get vitamin D from the sun during the winter, but you just get less of it. So the fact that you actually get none makes a whole lot more sense as to why seasonal depression is something that's more and more of the population is starting to experience. This is on top of the fact that even during the summer months, most people aren't getting the required vitamin D that's needed. So basically your vitamin D stored inside of you is already low when you're approaching the winter months. Uh, If you don't do your part during the summer and get your sunlight, that's going to be a problem. You're putting yourself already in a bad position by the time winter comes around. Keep in mind that you also can't get vitamin D through a window since the sun's necessary rays, they don't go through glass. I even saw a billboard just 
earlier today with a vitamin D bottle or whatever. And I forget the company, but it actually said built for Canadian winters. So this is something that's been talked about the past few winters now. If you think you're deficient, it doesn't hurt to take a supplement and it could help you with some symptoms you're having. Like if you feel sad all the time, maybe a little bit depressed, maybe low on energy or sleepy all the time. Also, this is something pretty harmless that you can try out. I'm not sure if most multivitamins have enough vitamin D in them to give you the amount that's needed, so you'll have to check out the nutritional facts of whatever brand you decide to get. Okay, let's talk about some of the gym life for a bit now. Training went great the whole week actually, so for like the past four weeks now I've been taking it pretty easy with the training because I had a little layoff, got a bit sick at one point also, so I was just getting my body used to training again. I'm really focusing more on time under tension lately with my training. So I'm really liking that style of training right now, but I'm starting to get my body used to some heavy weight again. But it's really just more about pushing intensity right now at this point. I've usually been working at like a four to five range when it comes to the difficulty of my workouts. And that's because my cardio health isn't exactly where I want it to be right now. And for the first few weeks of lifting, I was just getting super sore after workouts. But I think in two weeks time, I should be pretty much back to normal. But even something like training less throughout the week, I've mentioned I've been working out three to four times a week only. And that's helped along the way with recovery and just getting back to where I feel strong again. I'm not forcing myself to get back to the old schedule where I'd work out six or seven days a week. If you're doing a good workout split, your workouts throughout the week should get you to an acceptable amount of volume. But yeah, I've been slowly pushing it. This week's intensity was probably like a 6 or a 7, but it felt good to finally add some weight to exercises like bench, weighted pull-ups again, and even deadlifts. I just decided to see how much weight I could add before it got a little bit difficult with the double overhand grip. Like I said, even though I've been deadlifting pretty consistently for one or two years now, it's still a movement that can still feel pretty foreign to me. Like, my hips still need to be pretty warm to do sumo deadlifts, just because of the way your feet have to be spread out. Yeah, that's pretty tough for me to do. I still need to work on my flexibility and mobility in my adductor area. That's something I've struggled with since I was a kid for some reason. Fortunately, it doesn't really stop me from having a deep squat. So anyways, I guess I'll share some stories about some things I've seen in the gym this week. So first, I had to spot this one guy who I actually kept looking at because he reminded me exactly of this guy from college who was actually my first workout partner ever. But anyways, he was a pretty big Asian dude and he was benching while I was at the gym training a client. He seemed strong on flat bench, didn't need a spot. And then me and my client went over to the dumbbell area to do some shoulder presses. And then this dude started working out beside us since there was another bench free there. So he was doing incline dumbbell bench press and the incline was really only one above where the bench is flat. So just a tiny incline there. But he did the 80s no problem, did the 100s no problem, didn't need a spot or anything. And me being a trainer, I'm looking out to see if anyone around me is going to hurt themselves. Well, this guy grabs the 120s and my client was doing lateral raises at this point and I see him in the corner of my eye try to kick up the 120 pound dumbbells and he just couldn't even get a rep up before he dropped them on the ground. 
So I figured he'd put them back, learn his lesson, but of course he doesn't do that. Takes a little rest again, and he's getting ready pretty much to try it again. That's when I stepped in, offered a spot for him. So we talked about it. I'd give him a lift with the dumbbells, then he can maybe get a few reps. I mean, he was going to try anyway without me, so I might as well help him so he doesn't injure himself. So I go to spot him, and man, I told this guy I was going to give him a lift on the first rep, and I swear to you, I was spotting him where his elbows were, and I actually tried so damn hard to get him to get that first rep up top. I spotted like a spotty two reps from him, but damn, that was a workout for me just as much as it was for him, so... Yeah, that was a bit too heavy for him, which isn't surprising because they're 120-pound dumbbells. I talked to him later, and he mentioned that he did the 110s last week, so he just wanted to see what the 120s felt like. Anyway, so then the next day, same gym, a bunch of high school kids everywhere, and there were these four, I th- yeah, I want to say four kids around this one bar doing deadlifts, nothing crazy. They all did a plate, no problems. Although it seemed like there were some slight form issues with a few of them. But then they immediately jumped up to two plates and that was shocking because these were just young guys. Like you can tell when certain people lack some coordination and motor control and proprioception. So not exactly in tune with uh, when it comes to feeling if their body is out of line or not moving properly. Like, their back may be rounded, but they don't have the ability to know where their body is in space. But yeah, these are just high school kids, so I was just going to watch from afar anyway. Because kids aren't going to listen to me most of the time. Especially when they're around their own group of friends. No way are they just going to listen to some random guy in there, regardless if they know if I'm a trainer or not. I've been that kid lifting. You're just going to do what you want because there's likely going to be no repercussions there. You're probably not going to get a serious injury unless you're doing something really stupid. But anyways, this guy, this one guy attempts to deadlift two plates in full gear too. Knee wraps, straps, one of those flimsy cheap weightlifting belts. He tried to pull it up, but he knew he couldn't get it up. So he gave up pretty quick. And I thought that was actually a good thing. Because what I didn't want to see happen there was him struggling to get that weight up. But since his friends were there, cheering him on, peer pressuring him, maybe he would have tried too hard to get that deadlift up. That could have meant hurting himself since he might have wanted to impress his friends or whatever. But I'm glad he didn't hurt himself there. These kids, man, they just really need to work on increasing weight slowly when it comes to some of these lifts I've seen. Like, just use the tens or use the fives and add weight to the bar. Don't just only use the 45s and 25s and try to increase strength from there, especially when you're new to exercise. And no, I didn't bring this up to make fun of the kid, but I just wanted to get that story out there to just say that stop going for your one rep max PR. It's pretty much pointless to go and figure out your body's extreme limits unless it's part of your sport. Like, If you're going for the world's strongest man or you're a power lifter and need to know what your numbers are, then fine, test it out. But if you're someone new to the gym, start slow, start light, and just stay within your limits. Keep the reps high, especially if you're starting out because that'll give you more practice for every exercise. And like earlier when I mentioned motor control and proprioception, doing high reps will fine tune that skill you have 
the more you do it, the better you'll get at doing it. That's practice right there. If you go heavy too quickly without first learning how to do the movement properly, without form breaking down, and being able to do that movement without thinking about where your elbows need to travel or where you need to move the loaded bar. When your form on exercises just becomes natural, that's when you can start adding weight to the bar. Usually if you can't get at least 12 to 15 reps on a certain lift and you're new to it, just keep the weight the same before you start moving up. All right, we're getting closer to the fitness topics for the week, so let me just zip through these last uh, few things here. Toronto, or more specifically, the province Ontario is back at it again when it comes to lifting more rules. Vaccine passports, which haven't even been around for a whole year yet, it's only been a few months, that's now basically not a law for businesses to require it, so the unvaxxed people can now go to the gyms or restaurants now. I don't know about that one. I think going to the gym this week, there were definitely even more people and new faces in there. Last week, they made everything full capacity, and then earlier this week, it's been full capacity, plus the unvaxxed can join in on the fun too. But yeah, I definitely noticed the younger population in the gym this week since they made that rule change. I personally liked the vaccine passport rule because it probably kept some of the weirdos out of the gym. That's not all though, some of the Ontario leaders have also said that they're going to be lifting the mask mandate soon, targeting some time after March break. I don't know about y'all listening, but I'm probably going to still be using my mask when I can, like in the grocery stores, I'll still wear mine. But other places, anything outdoors, probably no shot will I be wearing one outside. But for the most part, it looks like things will be back to normal sometime soon, regardless if we want them to be that way or not. In my opinion, it seems a bit quick to get rid of the vaccine passport since it's only been a few months of that. And I don't know about removing the mask mandate either, but I guess you'll just have to... I mean, you have a choice going forward. It's not going to be a forced upon you, but really it's not that hard to wear a mask, honestly. This is just another way the Ford government is trying to stay on the people's sides to buy some votes for the upcoming election. They're also going to be giving back money for license plate stickers, so that's like $200 or something. So I guess that'll go towards gas money since that's a whole nother problem. It's damn near going to be $2 a liter before we know it. Okay, last part of this portion. Let's talk about basketball for a minute. Playoffs are coming up for both basketball and hockey, actually. Please tell me everyone saw this, though. Ja Morant absolutely destroying Jakob Pertl. Did you see that dunk? That was just ridiculous coming from a point guard, man. He did kind of elbow him in the face, but who cares, man? That game in general was just ridiculous. He had some crazy buzzer beater to end the second half, too. Thanks to a great full-court throw from Steven Adams. He had a career high that game. I think he had 52 points. That was just ridiculous. Meanwhile, Lakers, they're still tumbling out of the playoffs. Anthony Davis is a walking band-aid, and LeBron's 40-year-old ass can no longer carry these bums to the playoffs. Not this year, man. Even though we've seen it time and time again over the years, carrying, you know, all those Cleveland Cavaliers teams... He's actually still having a great season. He just doesn't have a lot of help, and they're too old to run back on defense. They're always complaining about calls, about the refs, you know, 
always complaining about something. Around the league, Ben Simmons still hasn't played. They said he might not even play in March. Zion hasn't played this season, but James Harden, looking really good with his new team in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid. They're looking scary to start their run. They could actually be well on their way to the finals with the way things have been going. We'll see if anyone can stop them. It'll be interesting to see if they play the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs, because, I mean, they're the defending champs. That's the team that could give them the most trouble, since they have that championship experience. And probably overall, they're just a better team. Question one. Is when you eat your meals important, especially before bed? So here's one that could be debated because science says that calories in versus calories out is the biggest factor when it comes to weight management. And that's pretty true. I won't disagree with that. You need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight and you need to be in a surplus to gain weight. So that's about what you're eating, your food makeup for the day. But another factor which could affect your health is actually exactly when you're choosing to eat these meals. And this plays a pretty big factor, especially when we're talking about eating during the nighttime, where that's what I'll be focusing on for the next few minutes here. It's actually a pretty good idea for you to finish up your meals or have your last big meal like dinner. It's good to have that a few hours before bed because your body will spend its resources digesting that food and sending out whatever hormones it has to to complete that process. As it gets darker outside and your body starts to wind down, your body will be getting the signal to get ready for bed. But if you disturb this process by having food at 11 p.m. right before you go to sleep at maybe 11.30, this can actually cause a problem because now, again, your body is getting the signal to digest the food you just ate as opposed to getting those sleep signals that you need so that you're able to rest and recover during the nighttime. Even if you're eating healthy food at night, this will still disturb your sleep in a negative way. How much it'll affect you will differ based on the individual, of course. Now, eating a healthy meal at night, it's still better than eating junk food. That's, yeah, that's for sure. But eating at night, regardless of what it is, could still affect your sleep in a negative way. This is going to throw off your body's natural rhythm a bit, that circadian rhythm. Eating at night, this could even cause you to gain a bit of weight also. Now, at the end of the day, like I said, calories in versus calories out is going to stay true. But if you're eating at night, you're not giving yourself a chance to burn off those calories. Like, if you're having a snack late at night and you go to bed 50 minutes later, chances are more of those calories from whatever snack that was will stay stored inside of you as triglycerides or fat, which is just stored energy. And that's because you didn't use those carbs and energy, you didn't burn it off. Now, if you were to have that same snack during the day, say you eat it at noon, for example, you still have the rest of the day ahead of you. You walk around the house, up and down the stairs, do your errands, whatever it is. During the day, you had your snack, but you're spending your day moving at least a little bit. So the chances of that snack being stored is going to be lower because you're active throughout the day. So basically what I'm trying to say is that if you do have a late night snack, you're going to be more likely to store said food as fat as opposed to burning it off and using it as energy. So that's another reason why eating at night isn't the smartest option. Another reason why eating at night isn't the best idea, it's because usually unhealthy snacks are a common thing during these times because 
You're not going to wake up and go to the kitchen and make a well-balanced meal when you're just looking to have something small before bed. Even me, I think it was just last night, I was running some kind of late gaming night session. So I decided to have a snack while I was playing. I had a little bit of chocolate. It's not the best choice, but I'm aware of what I'm doing. I don't do it often, that's for sure. But every once in a while, live life. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time. At the same time, if you're doing it too frequently, snacking at night, that might be something to look into. How I go around this issue is by having a small snack, like an hour or so before bed. I'll usually have fruits. Lately, I've been cycling between strawberries or blueberries or blackberries or raspberries, basically whatever's cheapest at the grocery stores the last time I went, which is usually every three days or so. But I do always keep frozen blueberries handy. I'll have that by itself, or I might have a tiny bit of oatmeal and or Greek yogurt. And that does the job to at least keep my stomach from rumbling if I had dinner early that day or something. You can also curb your appetite a bit by having some liquids. Water would be the best option, but milk could be great to have since it has a little bit of protein in it. Again, what you choose to eat at night is also a factor. There have been studies that show that having a meal an hour before bed, if it had some kind of protein to it, could actually help with overnight recovery as opposed to eating a meal without protein. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But sleep is king. So I still think it's a good idea to finish up eating an hour or two before bed. But if you do decide to snack a bit, choose something pretty low calories, good choices, fruits, or maybe some quick protein like a shake or milk or even some jerky could even be mostly fine just not right before bed even though back in the day people used to have those slow releasing casein protein shakes to build muscle while you sleep just have your regular intake of protein throughout the day you don't want to mess with sleep and possibly upset your stomach before bed or during the night so if you're someone who regularly eats at night less than an hour before bed and you're feeling like you're not getting adequate rest at night maybe lower quality sleep that could be something to look into. If you're regularly having the same food every day, but you're someone who eats late at night, maybe try pushing all of your meals up an hour and see what happens. This could positively affect your sleep and you might even notice you feel better in the mornings. Maybe less bloat, maybe a tiny weight loss on the scale. If you do need some kind of small snack late at night, I think it's best to keep it under 200 calories at the most. I'd even just keep it under 100 calories just to be safe if I'm not super hungry and just want a little bit of something. Fruits are always good to have handy, berries are my go-to, some Greek yogurt, a bit of milk or water, that usually does the trick for me. Overnight oats, maybe that's your thing. Nuts could work too, but they're pretty high calories, so that's something to look out for there. Fruits and vegetables would be your best option when it comes to late night snacks because you won't be loading up with sodium or high unnatural sugars and processed foods. Question two, how to eat a pre-workout meal in the morning if I work out super early? This is really gonna depend on the individual and there's so many factors that come into play here. First off, I guess, let me just talk about some of the benefits that I've learned over the years when it comes to working out really early in the morning. Because if you know me, 
You should know that I love my morning workouts. I usually choose one day to work out on the weekend, which is going to be like a 4 a.m. workout. And then during the week, at least two of my workouts will start around 6 a.m. And this is something that I've just been doing for years now because that's usually a time where the gym isn't going to be busy. And I just found so many benefits when I start the day with a workout. Also, I work during the day and this is a time where I'm uninterrupted. Personally, I think it's a good idea to get a workout in the mornings because it starts the day off right. You get all those feel-good hormones, those endorphins. You just feel like you accomplished something so early in the day. Like, who cares what comes up during the day? You'll probably crush that too. Getting your workout out of the way in the morning means you don't need to worry about when to schedule your workout in later that day. Something might come up during the day which could throw off your workout or maybe your meal timing. It's happened to me before where I was planning on working out in the afternoon and maybe a client shows up 15 or 30 minutes late, then that just creates a snowball effect where all the rest of my clients are pushed back slightly. Then my workout is something that ends up being sacrificed. And I've talked about it before. After a workout, you're burning slightly more calories than your resting metabolism because of epoch since you had that workout earlier in the morning. Plus, every meal that you have the rest of the day is going to be geared towards recovering your body and repairing those tiny micro tears in your muscles. If you work out at a commercial gym early in the mornings, you basically get to do whatever you want because there's not going to be a lot of people in there. I don't need to ask people um, how many sets they have on the bench because everything is pretty much available for you to use. You can roam around, do whatever workout you want to do. And you can even hoard or gather as many dumbbells as you want, but I still don't advise doing that because you don't want to be that guy with all the 15s and 20s and 25s and 30s. So some things to prepare for when it comes to morning workouts, especially if you're new to them. At first, they probably won't be the best in terms of strength and performance and energy, especially if you're going to compare it to workouts where you've had multiple meals in you. That means more energy. Plus, you're more awake during the day, so I think for most people, you're going to be stronger doing a workout after one or two full meals, and if your body is warmed up and has been already moving for the day, you've given your body a chance to wake up. So, an afternoon workout for most people, or something midday, that's usually when people have the most energy, and there's probably some kind of research that shows that you'll be stronger during a normal afternoon workout as opposed to doing a workout first thing in the morning when you wake up. But that's something I'm willing to sacrifice because my morning workouts are the way I know for sure I'll be working out that day. My schedule right now is tough enough as it is, and I don't want to be scrambling or missing workouts because of work, so I just lift in the mornings and problem solved. So finally, getting to the matter at hand, what's a good way to get a pre-workout meal in the mornings? Like I said earlier, this really depends on the individual here. Personally, I'm not going to suggest taking a pre-workout powder at 5 in the morning, but I think a bit of caffeine should help most people if you want to go that route. That should give you more energy and will keep you alert and awake. You could just go into the workout fasted, but I've tried this before and I don't really like the feeling. I usually feel weak lack of energy, sleepy, if I don't eat anything before a workout, especially morning ones. I'll feel super sluggish if I don't have a little bit of something before the gym. 
Again, this is something you need to figure out for yourself. Try something and keep a journal or some kind of log to review how you're feeling. There isn't going to be a straight answer to a question like this when it comes to a proper meal before a workout early in the morning. This is one of those things you have to learn for yourself, so it's a bit of trial and error here and seeing what you feel like. There's a big difference between working out at 6 or 7 a.m. compared to 4 a.m. in terms of what meals you could possibly have. Because if you're going to work out at 4 a.m., it isn't really logical to wake up an hour and a half before that to eat. I mean, who's going to wake up at 2.30? Not even me. Likely, you're just going to grab something small and go work out, as opposed to a 6 a.m. workout for me. I can eat a little bit if I wake up at 5 a.m. I can even shower, and that's what works for me. For me, I'm someone who loves to lift really early in the morning. I have days just last month in February. I had a day where I worked out at 4 a.m. I started my workout literally at 4.07 in the morning. Planet Venice is 24 hours a day, which is why I still have that membership. But my usual workouts, I aim for 5 a.m. workouts, which is when Crunch Fitness opens around me. But usually I'll stroll in before 6, so around 5.30 or 5.45. And the thing is, I've been doing this for years now, ever since I started lifting. I remember I would even take the bus to school. Still in my first year of college, I used to bus to school early. Sometimes even if I had an 8 a.m. class, just to work out in the morning if I knew that was the only way I was getting a work in, uh, a workout in that day. There you go. So training is really something I look forward to. So I'm coming from a different place than most people because for some people it could be a burden to work out. But for me, what I found over the years, training fasted was difficult. I'm someone who needs at least a little something inside of me to give me some energy. The thing is, I only figured this all out through trial and error. Some days I never had time for a meal. Those are the days where I definitely felt weaker and realized I'm someone who needs to eat before a workout. I went a few years working out exclusively only in the early mornings. For years, what worked for me as a pre-workout meal was just having a banana and a bunch of water. That gave me enough energy at one point. Now, studies show that pre-workout meals should have some sort of protein in them to really optimize uh, growth in your muscles. So when it comes to building muscle, eventually one banana wasn't really giving me enough energy throughout my whole workout. It would give me some energy for the first half of my workout, but then I'd run out of energy a half hour into the workout or something like that. So a pre-workout meal for me these days is some kind of fruit. So I'll go with a banana or kiwis or berries, something with some sugar, quick digesting natural carbs, and either one or two eggs or just some Greek yogurt. That's what works for me right now. And don't forget water is super important for workouts, especially ones in the morning. Water will help wake up and lubricate joints and muscles and will also provide your body with some energy also. Even though water has no calories, it will still provide your body with energy since it's important for so many functions in your body. Since I've been doing this for so long, I know that if I need to leave my house at 6am, I need to be up by around 5am because it takes me an hour to get ready. That means a shower and a quick meal before I go. That works for me. I know some people don't like to shower before the gym because you're going to sweat anyway, so what's the point? 
I like to shower before the gym. That's just me. You can do whatever you want. If you want to cut that out of your morning routine because showering takes too long, then you can do that too. So figure out how long it takes for you to get up and leave the house to get in a workout if this is something you want to try out. I'd suggest having a meal that has a bit of carbs, not too high in fiber content though, and having a bit of protein in that meal helps as well. I don't think having a high fat pre-workout meal is a good idea, so maybe no bacon. That's why I suggest some fruits and a little bit of eggs maybe, or Greek yogurt, a little bit of protein as well there. If you're really in a rush, making a shake with some fruits and some protein powder could be actually extremely handy. This is one of those times where it could be great to have. Other than that, it's going to be really different depending on the individual with this one. There's no magic meal that's going to get you awake and ready for a morning workout. You just got to do it over and over again and kind of adjust to that kind of lifestyle. If your workouts in the morning are short, then you won't need a ton of food just a little bit of energy and of course if your workout is a bit longer and more intense you'll likely find out that you need to eat more calories to uh, to sustain your energy for the whole workout that's pretty much it there so find what works for you and crush it in there and that concludes episode 77 of the podcast thank you for listening if you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.